0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Startup Parent Podcast. This is the show where we get to talk to working parents, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and creatives about what it looks like to raise kids and also build companies. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Hi everyone. Today we have Carrie Fortin back on the show. I'm so thrilled to have her. She is a friend of mine who I have really leaned on to get through the pandemic that we are still all living through. Today she's joining me as my guest co-host. A heads up for all of you who have little ones listening, put your headphones in. We tried to bleep out our swear words and then they just kind of came out uh, a number of times. As always there are a few bits of adult language in case you're listening with little ones around. And a big shout out and a huge thank you to our sponsors that have kept this podcast going and have been a support throughout the last year. Nanit is an amazing baby monitor. If you are nervous at all about your kids or you want to see them or you want to track their breathing or their sleep, check out Nanit. They make an amazing baby monitor for parents. Splendid Spoon, our other sponsor, super delicious plant-based meals, If you're hungry and you don't want to be making food because you're too tired of cooking, I always keep Splendid Spoon in the freezer. I have a new shipment that comes every month. They are awesome. Check out Splendid Spoon, check out Nanit, and go give some love up on these sponsors who help make this podcast possible. Everyone, I'm so excited to have Carrie back for another conversation. Today we're going to talk about about designing resilient systems, about
1: about, 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 about
0: designing (laughs) life for um, parents, working parents, and designing life in a pandemic. And then we're also going to try to speak. That's it. We're just going to try to talk to each other. Carrie,
1: hi. Hi, Sarah. Those are two really big things, resilient systems and speaking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say speaking. I'm
1: like, I can do one at at a time. We'll see if we can do two. I don't know, Sarah. So...
0: I mean, we are recording this, um, yet again in the middle of a pandemic and, mm-hmm. uh, we have incrementally, um, I think lowered our anxiety maybe because we have a little bit of, we have a modicum of childcare, still no social services.
1: And, um, I got my first jab in my arm. I don't know about yeah. you. I am fully vaxxed. I'm vexed up. I am tomorrow is two weeks from my second Oh. I was gonna be like vaxed up and mask, masked up <laughs> yeah. I know it's still so true it's so true and it's like I don't know I still am trying to like be a really good citizen and model things and so I like go to the park with my kids and wear a mask still and I'm like I, I don't know my brain can't comprehend a complicated thing until I have a sticker or like a t-shirt that says like hug me, I'm vaxxed, but actually don't hug me because that's also creepy. And I haven't hugged anyone in a year, but until then, I don't know. I'm just like, still, I I guess I thought I would have like a big party for myself and go wild. And I just am way more cautious and I have so much more residual anxiety than I would have thought. So So
0: the recovery here is, is I feel like going to be I just keep looking at my husband being like, is it going to be six months of sleeping or 12 months? Can someone give me a definitive date for yeah. when I won't feel better? Like how much time do we need to recover from this? And we both kind of begrudgingly agree that like, we're just going to feel pretty crappy until we don't feel crappy. And we don't know when that is. And that's so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. So
1: disappointing. Cause all the things that I, I still feel like I could really, really use, are still not really available, you know, like uh, sleep being a big one. And then this like complicated thing where I, I really want time away from my children, yes, (laughs) but I also wish I could like snuggle them into bed, but then not be responsible. You know, like, I, I don't know what that looks like. I would love to like travel and see people I love and experience new things you know like the things that used to give me life in the olden days <laughs> mm-hmm. um and I don't know when those will be available I'm um, so so yeah. desperate and starred for
0: social interaction like mm-hmm. zoom doesn't cut it I like I want to dance in the same room as people I want to yes. like smell their sweat like I want to I don't, I don't care if people sneeze on me, you know, I just, I want to get the summer colds and that's such a weird feeling, but I see myself when I'm walking out and about in our town, I like pull my mask down just so I can smile at someone and then I pull it up and then I raise my eyebrows and I'm trying to signal all of these things with my face where I'm like, hi, I'm a person. Do you want to say hi? Except I won't get my germs on you, but also like, I don't know how to interact. So I'm going to now sidestep away from you (laughs) six to eight feet. And then like, like circle dance around you because Uh what are like, it's so like, I just, I feel like I have like altered my brain and I'm desperate to get it back. But I also don't know if I can, like, I don't, I don't trust maybe, even though that's silly, right? Like we, we, go to the gym. And then we don't go to the gym. Then we go back to the gym and like, it's hard, but we learn these skills again. And I trust that that's going to happen, but also I do
1: too. But it's also like, when you don't go to the gym, nobody's sitting there being like secretly, the gym is super dangerous. Also (laughs) like you could kill your parents if you go to the gym and then they're like, JK, go back to the gym. You're like, okay. But (laughs) I thought if I went to the gym, I would kill my parents. And that's, I think the part of it, right. It's like, the behaviors of not like crossing the street when I see people talking, maybe yes. I'll be able to like check myself back into, but I don't know when I'll stop having to check myself first.
0: Right. There hasn't been a years long reinforcement campaign of like, right. you're going to die under the barbell and the pool is deadly and the sauna is a trap. Like, right. like all these things about the gym. We haven't had this
1: campaign waged in our minds. Oh. Right. And and I think being parents of young kids, it's like you say the same SHIT again and again and again where it's like we don't do that we don't touch people we give people space we don't go inside houses we're not hugging it's still this and then to be like and it's all over now ta-da yeah. Yeah. and it's not and and also it's it's like there's just not a clear picture either because it's
0: not over because the virus is here forever and the variants are here like having babies forever and right and and it's like how we learn to live with that and understand it like I'm I have not had a cold this whole year so I'm fine with mask wearing as long as I can also smile at people but then I just there's no I to me there's not yet clear leadership around like where we go next
1: agreed agreed besides for Emily Oster she seems to be (laughs) She, she was like leading, <laughs> leading the way. Yeah,
0: Honestly, we said there was an article we were passing around. Um, just to give you an insight into the level of geekery in my family, um, uh, we were passing around this article that there's a new study that came out. I'm not going to get into the details here, but there are all these headlines around it. And I told my husband and he was like, well, this is fascinating. And he sent it to his therapist to see if we could get the access to the journals. <laughs> and the therapist was like, Oh yeah, this is an interesting study. And, and then he and I were out on our walk. We would go for a walk now around 4 PM before we go get the kids. And, uh, and he was like, you know who I really want to know? I want to know Emily Oster's opinion. And so I sent it to Emily. (laughs) It's like, Hey, in one of your future newsletters, would you, Jay, if you want, could you write about this? I know you have hundreds of thousands of emails coming your way, but I'm just going to slide this study over to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me
1: how to think about this. <laughs> well, that's probably also her like love languages, uh, sending an academic study. <laughs> attached. So you're probably upping your game there.
0: <laughs> I know. Like for people listening to the podcast, sending me um topics or ideas for the podcast or food. Those are my love languages. <laughs> <laughs> and then not sending me email, right? So other than that, like no emails. Um <laughs> those are my love and hugs and dancing. Um, okay, so today I wanted to I wanted to have you on the show first just to a talk to another human being. Um, And, you know, rehearse our social skills yet again. (laughs) But then also to give people uh, an insight, we're at the time of this recording, we're a month into hosting our fourth cycle of the Wise Women's Mm -hmm. Council. It's just, I, I don't know how to talk about how cool it is to be in this program especially because I made it and there's so much social taboo against like being a woman and being like, Hey, I made this thing and it's rad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, am so proud of it. And I think there's so many parts of it that work really well. And, and, and there's so much that I'm still learning about as we go and as we build it and you're in there with me and you're one of the coaches in the program. So I just, there's a couple of pieces I want to talk about and share with people um, both like, as a learning practice like hey we're founders and we're trying to build this thing and this is what our learning experience is like but also I hope to start a conversation around how we don't have to build such fragile things like we can build resilience into our systems and I'll start off so I'll start by um saying maybe more clearly what I mean by that uh when when I first built the first cycle of the Wise Women's Council, this was in July 2018. I had a baby due in October 2018, my second baby, and I had a toddler at home. And I was up against that, call it a perennial question of, well, should I just wait until I'm back from maternity leave? Or can I start a program now? while I know I'm going to have a baby. And part of the ethos of Startup Parent and the questions I want to be asking are not like, you know, how do we do it all? Um, But how do we build things that make taking a parental leave not such a catastrophic event? Mm -hmm. And I ended up launching it and I taught the first three months and then I had guest teachers come in for the next three months. And I told everyone that signed up that I was going to have a baby and that I might join the Zoom calls, but I would be most likely breastfeeding or in my pajamas and on mute. And I didn't have a guarantee of speaking in coherent sentences at that time, but they would get what they came for in this community and teaching experience. It would just look different than me spearheading the ship over, it was, I think, six months long at that time.
1: Sarah, it's so interesting, right? Because a thing that popped up for me in this conversation, we've talked about this so many times, but I haven't seen it so clearly, which is like the lack of ego, the lack of desire to be like this is the Sarah show. Like you are here for Sarah, the product is Sarah. What you are getting is Sarah, and and just the amount of pressure that that also builds in, which is like literally no one else can do this for you because nobody is Sarah except for you. Versus saying, I am here to like create and facilitate an experience. And a huge part of the value you're going to get are the other people here, are the systems that I know how to put in place to build this community, are the ways I know how to have this conversation. And I just think, you know, when you said like, we don't have to build such fragile systems, I think when people build other things, they're not thinking about fragility, they're thinking about it being the show of the person who built it, you know, of like wanting, imagining someday being on that, um, you know, NBR show, like how I built it and being like, it was me. It was all me. I'm the one who did it. And just how, um, how impossible it makes it for like life to also exist, you know, not just having babies, but having a pandemic, having whatever else happen.
0: Yeah. it just,
1: right. But it just seems to me to be this like, it's the secret power. And again, I think it's just a very, um, like feminine as in like masculine versus feminine, not male versus female, but it's a feminine energy to be like, I can create and hold this entire beautiful space, but it doesn't all orbit around me. Like I'm the container rather than the sun. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah. sense, I'm mixing a lot of metaphors. Now, but... <laughs> I, make, I love mixed metaphors. <laughs> I say them all the time, and everyone
0: makes fun of me for it because I'll just say the wrong things. Uh. And I'm like, I'm like, what did I say the other day? I was like, we're crushing the castle, and Alex was like, do you mean storming? And I was like, that's it. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't know the backstory of where they come from, so I just i am like desperately trying to be understood. Yes. And then that's so interesting the the ego part of it because I think I think that like, I uh, It is such a trap to build something that relies exclusively on you, especially because it's not just parenting. It's like divorce or heartbreak or grief or whoever we're connected to. There are times in our life when we're not our best, and how does the thing or or the project that you're working on continue
1: to live without you? And right, or you break your leg, or you want to, you get an opportunity to travel that you are so excited about, and you can't go all of a sudden because you've built. And like, right. If you are the like foundation for everything, you cannot move. (laughs) You are there. Everything is built on top of you. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. So there's so much, there's like freedom to it, but a lot of that freedom is just to allow life to continue to come. It's, it's a reasonableness a an attachment to reality versus an ideal version of like, I have eight hours to work. Uh, you know, every day of childcare. So I will get done eight hours of work. Like, psych, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. What well, reminds me, I think my,
0: uh, one of my yoga teachers talked about ego and like a healthy amount of ego because I don't think absolving ego would be my goal. Like I've said this in wise women's council, and I've said this other places and this may come out strangely because it's not what we hear from women all the time. So I'm just going to preface it with that. But like, I think I'm pretty cool. And I like hanging out with myself. It's taken me 37 years to get there. I did not always like myself when I was a teenager. I struggled with depression and anxiety for a long time. Um, and, you know, trauma recovery and many other things that I've, I've gone through before the most part, I like, hang- I think I'm pretty cool. Like I like hanging out with myself and I never hear that many women talking about this. Um, but I don't, do th- I think the dangerous side of ego is like when it gets so extreme, like I am the be all end all. I am like the best. I'm the only like this can't exist without me. That's where ego gets a little bit unhealthy. And my yoga teacher... Always told me uh in the teacher training that I was in, she was like, listen, we don't need to beat up on our ego so much. Like we don't need to absolve them and get rid of them. I know that's the goal in some yogic practices, but your ego got you in the door. Like it was probably Mm -hmm. your desire to look better or feel better or something eye-centric that got you to walk in the door. So we are going to give a healthy appreciation for your ego because your ego brought you here. And I have always loved that story because it to me, it's like, oh right, like there's a role and there's a place for it, but it is not everything like we don't design it around
1: that is Sarah that is so interesting right because you have the confidence and the security and the ambition to know that you can build this to know that you are equipped you (laughs) you know maybe in 2018 you believed that and then you built it and they came but I do but right I do I get that like I get what you're saying it is it is you have a skill set that I think, again, we don't always attribute a ton of like, mm, you're not getting paid like uh, private equity money no, to, true. Like, <laughs> to, to like curate and cultivate incredible conversations and to like know how to piece a community together and to know how to build like deep and secure emotional attachments really quickly with people who are strangers. Like that is not a thing that we understand how to value appropriately uh, in our culture, but it is something that you do really fucking well, really, really well. And so yeah. I like doing it. I like doing it. I, I like doing
0: it. I like intimacy. I like audio int- intimacy. And and I, I, I wanna maybe... <sighs> Like, it's important to me, I think, to say that I don't think I was quote unquote, naturally good at this. I think there's a lot of also the myth of like the self-made person or the egoic person is also like, yeah, and I, I I started this and it worked great. And now here we are. Right. And I, I have been doing masterminds, I have been doing masterminds, retreats and events badly for 10 years. Right. I, (laughs) (laughs) um, I have, I have, and, and And so there's just so much trial and error and experience building here. And every time I'm like, oh, that didn't work. How do I fix that? Or, oh, this didn't work. How do I look at that? And I think this is the journey of entrepreneurship that I'm so attracted to and so compelled by finding other like-minded people is I constantly feel like I'm not doing a good enough job or that I I'm on the precipice of figuring something out or that I'm trying to understand how to do something better. And so my, my net experience is not, um, I don't know if it's positive, the right word, but it's not necessarily confident. Although I know it looks that way mm. from the outside. It is definitely, uh, filled with questions and self-examination and lots of worry and, and like, okay, how is that? Work? Okay. And then, and then, Satisfaction and then a few moments of confidence where I'm like, oh, that really worked. Like that was so cool. (laughs) So it's it's all of that. So if you're a founder and you're listening to this podcast and and you're like, no, most of the time I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, right there with you. I'll just say right there with you. Um so how does how does how do we explain how wise women's council works? I know I've done a lot of marketing campaigns for it, but I really want to talk about like just how cool both the the resilience that we've built into it is and then also the experience for the participants because I think we're getting yeah. something really right when it comes to the experience and I wanted to have you come back and join me on the show now when we're about a month in because we've just launched we have 40 people this year in the wise women's council the biggest group we've had and and there We have these goals of creating intimacy and connection and deep conversation. And I try to do it in a way that is so different than 99% of, I'm using air quotes here, but like masterminds mm-hmm. I see out there. Mm-hmm. Do you, this is like a hard question, but do you know what it is? Like what What are we doing <laughs> that's different or, or what are yeah. people saying about it within this first month?
1: You know, so it's so fascinating, right? Because in some ways it's like using... You're using all the same like tools, especially in COVID times, right? Like none of this is none of these tools are brand new per se. Um, I think the experience though of being in it, like I think the really amazing thing, and this is where you were talking about how like it didn't come naturally. It can feel like you're faking it, but you're also really passionate about it. And I think this is what I was trying to get at before is like this idea that we don't necessarily ascribe as much value to the effort and the skill and the reflection that it takes to create a container where amazing things can happen. I don't know that that is a thing that we really like pay for or understand. Yeah, because people can host, anyone can host a Zoom meeting. Anyone can, you know, say, we're going to get you this mastermind where you will make x figures or like find work and life balance you know a bunch of things that just like yeah. <laughs> aren't possible and no one's going to teach you on zoom this month um versus like we've spent all of this time you've spent years and and I do think too Sarah you have um you have a way of like listening and paying attention and caring about people that feels like centered to who you are as a human. And then the way you have learned and worked very hard to then create um, a business and a community out of that. I do think like, I I do think it's both. I do think that you are a human who understands other people. There are times when we're talking and I will say something and then you ask a question and I'm like, oh, right. That's what I meant all (laughs) along. And I just didn't know that. And I don't have many people like that that I've ever met. So I'm just saying that about you. I think the experience of being in Wise Women's Council is like what I imagine it's like to go to like a really nice spa where it's not like over the top golded guild, like version, weird version of luxury. It's just like the effortlessness, the simple parts of it. Like the idea that what you need has been thought of already. Mm. Um, The idea that like, somebody has mapped this out clearly and cleanly. So you don't spend time in the corner being like, is locker room this way or that way? You know, it's like, I think that that's what happens in Wise Women's Council is that people are guided in. So you're not like standing in the corner at the party feeling awkward until you see the person, you know, like nobody knows anybody here really. And It still feels welcoming and wonderful. Like you get to know more and more faces, more and more stories, more and more names. And even while you're in like, what should be the awkward beginning part, it's not awkward. And I don't know why that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides for like, the fact that you've given so much thought to this, like on our zoom calls, you're like, okay, the reason why we're doing like these next three things is because of this. And you tell us, but I'm like, huh, I wouldn't have realized that these three steps have to happen for this result to happen. Yeah. I I would have never known that. Um, and then it works. So, Hmm. yeah, I, I
0: think, I think the first thing, and please, people listening, steal this because it would be a dream if more Zoom calls were like this. But the first thing for me is that Zoom will never compete with Netflix. And if you're asking people to sit for 90 minutes and stare at a screen, they are always going to pick Netflix, right? Like, I will. I just if I need like I get so drained by the end of a Zoom call because I'm trying to focus and pay attention for longer than my brain is designed to do, and to co- content and information and people like I'm not going to be the funniest person in the room. I'm not going to be a stand-up comedian. I'm not going to be a movie star. Right? Like I can't compete with those things. And so my first one of my first design principles is to that Zoom should be experiential, and should be about the participants talking to each other as maximum, as maximized as possible. Um, But don't put people into a room without a prompt and say like, now talk, because that doesn't work either, right? So Mm -hmm. the way that I do Zoom calls, we only have 18, we have two a month for nine months in Wise Women's Council, is largely about guiding people into good conversations. And in order to do that, we set a really strong container of um, what our boundaries are, what our guidelines are. Like what are we allowed to talk about? What don't we talk about? What do we say? You know, people like us, what what are the sayings that we use? And how can we know collectively that the that we've stepped out of our, our boundaries? So we spend a whole session on guidelines, but again, it's an interactive experience. So I teach a guideline and then I ask you to go into a room and talk about it with each other. What does that mean to you? What does that look like? How does it make you feel? and then we get into these these zoom rooms and i'm going to break you out into small groups and the the most of the rooms that i do it depends on the exercise but most of the rooms are going to be three or four people sometimes pairs sometimes five or six but i like to really focus on 30 25 to 30% of the time you as a participant should be speaking because transformation happens when you are doing the thinking and the talking. And I think that this is part of the educational model. Like even in schools, there's 30 kids, there's one teacher, like no, none of the kids are doing the talking, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to break up into small groups and mm-hmm. monitor. And so like, if I can create a 90 minute Zoom experience where you get at least 45 minutes to talk to lots of other women and parents and just kind of confess your troubles, right? Kind of just say like, hey, I'm uh." A coffee show today and (laughs) like this is hard and then maybe even spontaneously burst into tears because tears are a beautiful and important thing um and just connect right connect talk and share with other people then that's an experience you'll come back for and that's an experience that's transformative and important and meaningful and so rare in our lives but i mean like Seriously, bless all the people that listen to me talk 90 minutes on a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but that's not what it's for. It's like, the, the goal is connection and
1: yes. And I think that you tapped on something really important, which I've, um, again, I wasn't aware how important it was until I saw how you did it, which is like, I just don't think enough time is dedicated to creating the container and setting the boundaries before you attempt connection you know it is it's the sharpening of the blade before you chop down the tree it's like if you say like this is what we do and don't share this is the language that we use this is like when we offer advice versus not like if you can lay that out so that everyone can answer all those questions of like, if I say this will it be misconstrued or they're spending the whole time somebody else is thinking, thinking about the advice that they want to offer when it's like, no, we're not here to offer advice. Then so you can just listen. Like, I just think that when the space is one where people feel very safe, where all the rules have been outlined really clearly, you know, I, I heard that like, um, the foundation of all science fiction is the world building and you spend the beginning explaining all the rules explaining, you know, like here's who the people are. These are the relationships. This is why it is. And then the person can step inside of this entirely new world because they understand what's going on. Whereas like um, the movie Memento, where it's like going backwards and you don't you like, you're constantly on edge because you don't understand what the rules are. You don't understand why it's playing out, which makes like, again, keeps you on edge. Like it's interesting for a suspenseful movie. It's not a safe place to like share important emotions. That's And so I do think, right, like the world of the Wiseman's Council is built very obviously and intentionally and laid bare so people can participate in it fully.
0: 100% to building the world. Like, I think if you are designing something for people, I think this is part of my biggest problem when I take online courses and programs is they just like jump straight in, but they Mm -hmm. don't tell me what are like, what's their point of view? What are their goals? What should I right. feel, see, experience, do? Like, What's the transformation that I can expect? And I know I get it. If you can't tell me and reveal everything to me, but at least give me some sort of a lay of the land or the roadmap, because just like that thing you said with science fact, fiction, it's like, okay, the rules are like, there are some eyeball on every one of our fingertips and we have 10 fingers on each hand. You're like, great. I'm bought in, right? Like Mm -hmm, you'll accept mm -hmm. the rule if someone tells you what it is Mm -hmm. or you're trying to figure it out. Yes, building the world and building your your goals. So I think it's taken me four cycles of this to get more and more clear. Some of this was intuitive in the beginning. Like, you know, I just knew people needed to be together. I knew we needed to be telling our stories to each other. But I have really grown in my assertion that, that, it's not just storytelling that's transformative. I think storytelling is transformative, but telling our stories in an imperfect way, in a non-rehearsed way, in a Mm -hmm. container that is, I don't want to say safe and sacred because those two words are very big and important, but like in a a container that's defined Mm -hmm. and with rules for participation. But the, the... One of the key parts of this transformation for me is I think that you as a person, things can change when we listen and accept someone fully and completely exactly where they are. And I think that is so rare in today's society. There's so much clamoring. There's so much, first of all, not listening. Like we just Mm -hmm. do not listen to each other. We don't hear what they say. We make assumptions. We talk over, we interrupt. There's just so much, just, people do not listen, and it breaks my heart over and over again. Um, But then from that, even if we do think we're listening, a lot of people and I will say I've learned this from experience. So speak from my experience, like, we're more interested, I'm more interested in telling you what I think than actually being with Mm -hmm. you where you are and being like, oh, look at me, I've solved this. And this goes back to the ego problem of like, well, why don't you just try, Carrie, I know that you're having trouble with parenting, but why don't you just try this? Or like, why don't you just try this? Mm -hmm. Or clearly Lark just needs blank or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, I'm being such an ass when I say those things. Like, that's about me. That's centering myself and my ability to create a quote unquote solution. Yes. And I find it borderline disrespectful because It doesn't allow you to tell me like, what have you tried and what solution? Are you looking for solutions? And also maybe you have the solution inside of you and maybe the solution isn't easy. Maybe there isn't a solution. Maybe you just are where you are and you just need someone to see you.
1: Uh, Sarah, and I, uh, I just feel like the experience of being really listened to And, and I think this is the thing, right? Like it is hard work. It is not our default in our culture, but creating a container, like the container that's created in wise women's council is not just saying like, here's all the things you can feel safe sharing, but it's also teaching people how to be deep listeners. Yeah. So they can experience it from each other, you know? So again, it's not like everyone needs time with you because you're the listener. It's like, everyone can do this with and for each other but it's for me it's almost like the first time i had acupuncture where i was like i don't really get it these <laughs> tiny needles this feels yeah. really weird i don't understand why this is going to be so great and it was incredible for me or like really good therapy or something where it's like it just doesn't seem like it could be as different or profound as it is because we walk around listening to and talking to each other and you don't realize like what deep listening or deep sharing actually how different that feels until you're in it. And yeah. and that's like the secret sauce. Like, I think that's why so many masterminds point to all of these external achievements that you will have, because it's this feeling of like, I've got to get in content to make it worthwhile versus like, how do you explain? Like, you're going to meet a bunch of people you've never met before. You are going to feel safe sharing these things out loud that you haven't even fully processed. And so it might be a little bit messy. And then people who were total strangers to you until very recently are going to be the most incredible like community and sounding board and container for you, and you will be safe and you won't be judged. And if you explicitly ask for advice or feedback, you're going to have a lot of people in your similar life phase who can offer that for you if that's what you want. Like, yes, I don't know. That's, that's like my wise women's counsel pitch, but I don't know how you explain what that feels like until you felt it. I know it's,
0: it's hard. It's, I think, I think the reason we've been able to grow this program organically, because we've done zero paid ads and we've done very little list building. Um, I started a podcast and this has all been referral based in the three short years, really, that we've been here. I I described it to somebody else earlier today as like a toddler. (laughs) I was like, my business is like a toddler. And it's gone from one that you're like terrified is going to fall over and crack a tooth to one where you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, this one knows how to walk now. Um, (laughs) It's still little and needs like lots of support, but I'm not going to let it cross the street by itself. But uh, but yeah, it's, um, I think people, intuitively trust and make the decision because they see and sense my listening skills through the podcast. Cause I ask people questions on the podcast Mm -hmm. and we, this is, this is a show about deep listening, right? Mm -hmm. This is a show about deep storytelling and deep listening and getting to the heart of things. And I, again, I do not always do a perfect job. I'm going back and listening through the, the podcast. And there's so many episodes where I'm like, Oh, I wish I'd asked a better question. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't close the loop there. But that's, I mean, 175 episodes and I still have such a growth curve and I get it. But it is part of it. Part of it is, I think, deep, deeply listening to and holding space for each other to be who we are because we aren't going to grow from some imaginary fictitious place. Like if you're, if we're boasting or pretending or trying to hold it together, but we're not honest about where we are, it's going to be a lot harder to figure out the next steps than if we're really truly Mm -hmm. honest with each other and say, Hey, listen, I think the thing that I need is sleep and having a community of women around you saying, yes, if that's what you need, then that's what you need. And there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with you for needing to sleep. And there's nothing like, the world will still be here. You'll still have plenty of growth opportunities and heck, maybe sleep is your growth opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe we need to mute all those hustler Twitters. Like, <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. right. And I think that that's a part too that, you know, I guess is sort of implicit to the audience or that's understood, but um, the people who you have chosen to like build a community around, Right. Yeah, generally, like women and um, folks who identify as women or feel most comfortable in a, you know, space as defined for women and um, parents, you know, whether you be pregnant or wanting to be or adopting or have young children or older children, like whatever it looks like, if these two things are sort of fundamental to your experience of the world while it applies to so many of us, you know, like it's nonetheless, sets a, again, a really interesting container. Um, for, okay. I lost my train of thought because I was thinking of a question <laughs> I really want to <laughs> ask you. Great. To bring it. <laughs> which is, um, I understand. It's like, you're talking about starting this in 2018. It feels so prescient because 2020 and 2021, we need community, so badly you know especially thinking about these folks who've had babies and done this all invisibly you know by themselves oh. at home alone and then i think about how like this was your vision in 2018 you know as a pregnant person and i guess i'm curious like what do you feel like the initial vision was and how do you feel like it like has it shifted or grown is that sort of organic is was the idea to be responsive to the times? But like, what does twenty eighteen Sarah think of Wise Women's Council versus 2021 Sarah? Ooh.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's hard to go back in in time.
1: So Oh, it is? <laughs> remember anything Sarah in the in the world I've built you're back in time you're you're now six months pregnant baby Henry go Uh, uh, I so
0: I from what I remember and like please know that memory bias is real but from what I remember it was pretty strategic um and and by that I mean I was so the, the backstory of this company is I thought I was writing a book and then in writing the book, um, I wanted to interview a lot of women and then I interviewed a lot of women and I was like, I can't, I don't want to do this, you know, behind closed doors. I'd love to have this be a podcast to support a book. And then I, with a tiny baby at home, I was like, I can't take on more free unpaid work. So I'm going to, um, try to get sponsors for the show. And then kind of raised an eyebrow at my husband and said, uh, I think think there's something here. I'm getting a lot of like a good fair deal of sponsorships here. And so turn the podcast into like a side business. And then I realized I probably had a business in front of me mm. still haven't written a book. So, you know, define success on your own terms, but, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but so when I think about business building, because I have a background in doing freelance work and then working with startups and I'm currently getting my MBA, the way that I think about business building is, uh, and this is what I did for me, is to start with high-level service offerings pretty early on. Because when you have, if you don't have a concrete idea for a business, but you have a market you want to serve, which is what I did, I, you know, market of parent, pregnant women entrepreneurs. I And now we've expanded it to parent entrepreneurs, but still we're, you know, 95% women that listen to our podcast, women and mothers, and uh, so I had this audience and I knew that things were broken, but I didn't have a compelling argument for a product per se. And I didn't want to write a book that would um, you know, only go out to six people. So I started with high-end services because I think that's one of the fastest paths to business success is if you work with a few clients or fewer clients at higher rates, and you really get to know them over time, once you work with one or 200 people over a couple of years, you start to see patterns in the user data and in the stories people are telling you, and then product ideas emerge. So I think it's a strategic way to get paid to do user research to build a successful business. So, And I remember having these thoughts early Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I didn't know I was building a business, I also know like you know, you can try to do volume sales in the beginning, but usually you need a lot of capital to do that. Like you have to do a certain amount of ad spend and then you have to trust that your, your book or your product works. And that's, I think that's just such an uphill battle. And I was like, I know that there are going to be so many products that this user that this group of people that I am passionate about and want to serve need. So we're, this is still the toddler stage of business. We've taken the wise women's council from six, 18, 28, now 40 people. And I'd like it to be about a hundred people. Um, probably it could be as many as one hundred and fifty. I don't think I'd go higher than that. Uh, and I'd break it down into smaller groups, like four groups of 40 or five groups of 30, because I think the intimacy is such an important part of it. But mm-hmm. this first product is working sh- shockingly well. Like, Mm -hmm. and over the years, it's gone from a one, like a small group mastermind where I am the lead. And I've really moved away from the word mastermind because I don't like the history or the connotations of that word. I also don't like the egocentrism of like, I will have the answers for you. I don't believe that. Um, I'm a working parent and I am in the population that I'm trying to serve. And I have interviewed probably hundreds more people than the average parent. So I probably have access to more information, but that doesn't mean I have all the answers. And so I think it has emerged into something compelling and important as a standalone service offering, as a standalone service slash product offering. And I am growing it while also still having my ear to the ground on what's the next uh, arm or leg of this business? Like where, where is the next thing coming? And that might be a book and that might be a course. Although, you know, I also have, I also have, I mean, I, I can tell you, I also have other business ideas. So that's, mm-hmm. is that, does that answer your question? I, mm-hmm. Like, I
1: <laughs> No, it does. It does. I think I, I, it's interesting. Cause I think that we, in like the, um, the bias in our memories as we tell our own stories. I think so often we either want to be like, I don't know, it was kismet. It just worked out. Or like, I willed this all into being. And I think that your answer is a really honest one, which is like, it was strategic and thoughtful. And I used the information I already had and it evolved in the way that the people I was serving most needed it to evolve. And in the way that served your business, like it, <laughs> I don't know. It's only surprising because it's just really honest and it's also my understanding of what is true. Um, and I just love that about you, that you just, you, you're, I don't know, you just share so authentically, Sarah. So yes, that, that was exactly what I wanted to hear. I'll tell you the business
0: idea I have because I want to see it built and execution is so hard. (laughs) So right, right. Like, please build this is my plea to everyone listening. Yeah. I think about social media a lot and I think about conversation. So if you think about what I'm compelled by, I'm compelled by how we talk to each other, how we show up, how we care for each other and, um, and human compassion. Like how do we show empathy and compassion for other people? And so on my charter of skills that I teach in all of the programs that I lead, because I teach another program, um, over on my other website and I, I, (laughs) I'm never going to build a sales page that says like how to listen better. Cause I don't think I would generate a lot of revenue from that sales page. People be like, no, no, I'm good. But I have this, this charter of of leadership skills that I do want to teach people of how to be um, empathetic but set good boundaries how to Mm. listen deeply for what's not being said how to ask really good questions how to connect more fully with other people how to lead during times of vulnerability and change like there's so many of these pieces that I think are just such such essential human skills and then I look at the world of social media and basically how we have Mm-hmm. all entered into the internet world where there's te- mostly text-based communication. I mean, we have video and audio, but mostly text-based communication where people are righteous a-holes to each other. Like, they, like people suck on the internet, myself included. Um, it's so easy to fire something off or to clap back or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at things like AI and talk space and how we are doing more bot-based communications chat with humans, and we're trying to replicate human interactions. I think it would be so cool to have a social network that was not product ad-based, but a social network actually for people that engaged the use of text-based AI chat to artificial intelligence, to improve people's ability to communicate with each other. So it reads your message and before you send it, it says, hey, I think you um, meant to ask a questionnaire. Or did you wanna ask a clarifying question? Or it sounds like mm. you're really angry. Um, do you wanna tell me a little bit about your feelings before your post? Or it sounds like you're a little angry. Do you wanna wait 24 hours before posting this? So a tool that, or a social platform that helps people Be more compassionate and better listeners, I think would be like, I would want to live in that social media space.
1: Mm -hmm. That's fascinating, Sarah.
0: It's a free idea. Take it. If you can build (laughs) it, I will join you. Like, Uh (laughs) Like I, I have more ideas than I know what to do with. And, uh, And like, I'm not quite at the part of my life where I I could commit to doing Y Combinator and, you know, 18 hour days. Like that does not sound interesting to me. So if anyone's building this and needs a consultant, I'm happy to geek out with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so Sarah, this makes me think a lot about um, like the intention of the community that you decided to build, you know, outside of social media outside of those things. And I was thinking about resiliency in like two different ways now. The first being the different channels, the different technologies used in Wise Women's Council to create, you know, because you were talking about just tech space. And so I think a lot of that is really interesting, um, what you've intentionally done. And I don't know how much of that you want to share or not share, but I think it's brilliant. And then also the resiliency of, you know, like building this thing, five months pregnant, knowing that it was going to require you to step away and how that maybe has changed the product that you've, that you've ended up deciding to build and what that looks like now as resiliency, you know, in the fourth iteration.
0: Yes. I mean, the clearest example, I'll start with the second part of that question is, is COVID, you know, right. we started last year in March and then everything mm-hmm. in 2020 just started mm-hmm. to fall, fall violently mm-hmm. down a hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, I think the hard part for me was what if we get sick or what if I get sick and I am out for a month or four months, you know, mm-hmm. unclear. And I, 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 that was year three where I had two coaches um, you and Michelle, amazing human beings. And we did some chatting around and said, well, the thing is, is we meet every two weeks and then everything else is asynchronous. And my emergency backup plan is if I get super sick, we will just pause for a month if we have to, right. If somebody gets sick, we'll just pause for a month and add a month on to the end of this. Like we are not, um, hospital doctors we are not you know lawyers we are we have flexibility in this so we can create different edges to this container but then also we can step in and cover for each other and we started keeping uh, loose notes on each of our coaching groups and just saying okay here's where we are at the end of the month this is a question that we'll have next so that we can step in for each other. Mm -hmm. so that, you know, if Carrie gets sick, then I can step in with her group and say, Hey, where are we? You know, I'm here. Carrie's sick. Um, Or Carrie's having another baby or I'm having another baby. I think we're both done with children now, but you know, in, in the instance that I hire someone that's pregnant, it's not, it's not this, (laughs) why is it so hard for us to consider that women get pregnant? Because this has been happening since forever. Right? It just seems to so startle people over and over again. Like, oh, pregnancy, how do we deal with that? What will we do? And right. I'm like, but this is never going to be not a thing. Like, there will always be women and there will always be women getting pregnant. Otherwise, we live in the handmaid's tale. Otherwise, we have very different problems and the world is ending. Like, right. like right. of these two problems, you prefer this one. I guarantee it. Like, you know, so I just think that businesses figuring out systems to, set it up and say, okay, how does a coach leave for three months and not have to forego an entire job and not have to like, just sit out a whole round. And I thought about it with myself too. Like if I was going to have a third baby and the baby was due in the last month, what would I do? I would have other people teach these last classes because the principles are written down. The curriculum is written down. We share information across our network of coaches and our team members. And because while I am always thinking about the like how to make experiences better, I am not the only person that can do this. And I don't believe that. And like, and I think that ego thing you mentioned way at the t- at the top of this episode is still relevant here. It's like, there are so many people that can do this. We can all do this.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I think too, it's just um I think it was Sarah Lacey, you know, who talks sort of about like the superpower actually Mm -hmm. of like pregnancy and motherhood. And I just think that if you build into your business, this idea that women will get pregnant (laughs) and have babies, you then create space for um, people to take care of parents, for people to move, for people to have injuries, for people to have crazy opportunities for there to be a snowstorm in Texas that knocks power out. You know, like when you just build into the idea of your business that like we are humans who are imperfect, who exist in a world that is imperfect and always changing, then like you are actually ready for what happens, whatever (laughs) it may be. Um, But I've never worked with a person or for a company that presumes that that life will happen while you work. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't understand that. It's like you get five sick days or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, I guess in theory something will happen, but it's, it's such an afterthought versus being built into something and being thought of as a strength, you know, the way you always talk about resiliency. Like it is this idea that we are not all hovering or relying on a single lever to be pulled, but there are many many that can be pulled in different ways at different times to create a similar and good result. That's right.
0: It reminds me, I mean, you're pointing it out and it's so important that that, like, this the the fundamental assumptions we're making about people at the start of building businesses that they're infallible that they don't get tired that they don't get sick that they're perfectly available at all times like it's just it's it's worth looking at those assumptions and being like so which humans did you base this off of like because <laughs> mm-hmm. the humans that i know aren't like this and that doesn't mean they're bad or they're lazy or they're you know incompetent it means they are human right mm-hmm. it, it's a very normal thing to have a sick day it means our bodies are fighting off viruses that exist in the world so it reminds me and and I can put a link to this in the show notes but the book I did it, it used to be called streamline your business i'm now calling it do half but the title is still a work in progress but the concept Is how do you do less in your business to reflect the fact that we are human beings? Mm. And when I started adding up those sick days, I was like, okay, 10 days of federal holidays, but then 10 days of um, vacation. And our family takes a week off at Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you have children in the world, they're going to have a spring break and likely a ski week. So that's four more weeks. Now, your sick days, are probably not the same as your children's sick days. So let's just double that number, right? Right, Right. and, and then who has doctor's appointments? You, your family member, your parent, somebody you're caring for, an aunt and uncle, your child, like there's also gonna be other appointments. And when I added up all of those pieces, I realized that my work year is 40 weeks long, which I found remarkable because that's how long pregnancy is theoretically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be called the 40 week w- work year or something like that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it's just if we designed a um you know you work 3 quarters and the other quarter is basically life stuff, mm-hmm. you then when you're not sick, you have a little bit of extra breathing room. You're like, "Hey, maybe I can finish that project that took longer than I thought." Right. Um or maybe I can take some extra vacation days because I was extra efficient this year. It's just it's such a remarkable shift in mindset and perspective. And I think we're either designing a system that we constantly fail or we're looking at the system and being
1: honest about it. And I don't think we've done a good job of being honest. Okay, and Sarah, that brings me to another question or reflection, which is, can you tell us about how you create um, like a similar space and container for the participants in Wise Women's Council, like what your expectations for them are in terms of them being humans. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. So, I want to think, I,
0: I have to say this like 12 to maybe 20 times every time we start the Wise Women's Council because yeah. I people to hear it a lot. Repetition is also super useful. By the way, I've taken so many programs and people are like, okay, here's the agenda. And then the next day, I'm like, what is it? What are we doing? Where do I go? Uh Like, I just like, like 30% of your time as a curriculum designer or a product designer or whatever delivery you're doing needs to be about getting all the sheep lined up in the same direction. Right. Yes. Like you just, like you are a sheepdog and you are herding them into one <laughs> lot. Like
1: it's like the five paragraph <laughs> essay they teach you in fifth grade, which is like, right. here's what I'm going to tell you. Here are what these paragraphs are about. That's what I told you. Here's the start of this paragraph. And that's, that's right. what I told you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh-huh. you can't
0: do it in a lecture. Like you can't do like 30% lecture because you'll lose people. So it does have right. to be experiential, but your, your right. goal is to just get them lined up in the same direction. Um, but so, yeah, I repeat over and over again. This is not a course. This is not a course. There's no grade. You, know, like we, you have been indoctrinated with the idea that you must get an A to pass. You do not need A's. In fact, you can get F's because this is not a course. And I want you to know that you get to go at your own pace. There is no behind. You don't have to read all the books. You don't have to even come to all the meetings to get what you need out of this program. Yes. You like, I want you to set as a baseline 50% as your, um, like attendance rate. I want you like, if you can get to 75% of the calls, wow. But I also want you to pick the channel that works best for you. And so the way that the wise women's council is designed, we meet every two weeks because every time I have a weekly event, I fail at making it. So I just don't want to make people feel like failure. So we meet every two weeks. And it stretched out over a longer period of time, because if you have a baby, you might have to miss three months because you're just trying to figure out breastfeeding or bottle feeding or sleep. And that doesn't mean you can't be in a community of amazing parents and learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. So we've got twice monthly calls. Then we have an audio only app that we use, Voxer, to talk to each other, which is optional. And then we have a text based social platform to talk to each other, which is optional. And we have a book club, which is optional because what I find time and time again is that, and this is what my experience is too, I'm just hungry for connection. I'm hungry for deeper conversation. I'm hungry for intellectual stimulation. I'm hungry for people who get me and I am overwhelmed and I cannot add anything to my calendar. So it's a real tension of not being able to, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I can't sign up for this because I'm just not going to participate because I won't make the calls or I'll fall asleep during them. But also I just desperately need to talk to other humans. And so some parents that I work with, like... They can never escape their children or their or their partner or their husband or their workspace. so they'll never be able to do the audio based stuff and actually tell their true story. Because saying it out loud, someone's all, always over listening, like overhearing. And so there's so many people that join these, and they're like, "I just taken out the trash, and I have like three minutes to tell you this little story, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like I have to tell you, like I've been out, I've been taking the trash out for the last twenty minutes just so uh-huh. I can talk to you, <laughs> um, and." And then other people, right, they will be typing because we use Mighty Networks and we used to use Slack, but they'll be typing because they can, you know, share their story there. But um, but then there, again, there are some women who can't type because they've got their hands full of kids. So they, right. like, audio is better. So we try to make, this is where I think redundancy in community design is so important. Mm. And then, and and telling them like, hey, show up in the place that's easiest for you to show up, but... Also, if you show up in one place, you know, if you type your story here, do try talking your story over there if you have a chance, because a different story might come out, right? Mm -hmm. And we're moving these stories through you. And so we have redundancy here, first of all, so you're not going to miss anything, but you can just try it and play with it. And then you can find the modality that works with you. And we may end up with our 40 people having a core contingent of 20 that really, you know, chatted up on the text-based chats and 20 or so that really chatted up on the talk-based apps. And then... a a cycling group of 25 people that come to our video based chats. And I just need to remind people who are type a ornery and persnickety like myself, that I am not keeping, I am not keeping an attendance score chart and making sure that you come to every single one. And in fact, that's not the goal. The goal is for you to tell your stories, to connect to people and to be like, to really show up fully wherever you are. Yes,
1: Sarah. And I just like to echo, you know. I had this feeling I remember two years ago, I guess, when you're like, okay, with book club, like if you can pick three books out of the nine, that's great. And I was like, I'm going to read all nine. You know, like before kids, I read 50 books a year. Like, of course I will. And then I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm pregnant. I have a baby. All I can do is play Sudoku and read Crazy Rich Asians again. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> and it, it just like to have someone set real expectations for you when you're used to like I'm used to having the bar set at 100 That's and right. then to like hit that you know for the first week and then miss it horribly and then feel shame and then like try really hard again and like the the internal battle that that causes versus just like I was just on the Voxer channel and someone said who hadn't I wasn't aware that they were in our channel because they popped up on the last day and were like Hey, this has been a crazy month for me, Um, but I've been listening to you and just to hear your voices meant so much, like see you maybe next month. That's right. like, just to, just to give people the grace to like, I don't know, to feel like they don't have to do this. Like they're not wrong if they're not. And to still be like, Hey, I was listening. That meant something moving on versus like, nobody noticed me over here. And this is all of my own stuff showing up. So other people might not resonate but yeah I feel like constantly um disappointing myself by being like a parent in the pandemic who's doing 10% of what I wish I could do is so hard and so to be in a container where the expectation is that you'll do whatever percent whether that's 10 or 80 and it's probably 40 or 50 like uh, there's just so much room again it's the container that you're creating, it's the world that you're building, which is like it's not about shame. It's not about doing it perfectly. There is no behind yeah. like this is you are who you are, and that's the you we want that's in right. this community that's
0: right that's this this perfectionism of a hundred percent is such a trap. It's like a hundred percent of the days of the year you will be available to work. no, we will not, but also, why is it that we feel bad for doing eighty percent of a course and like you know, going to a a program or even half of a book. And again, this may be you and I specifically. I know that everyone has different feelings about this, but like if I read the first chapter in the last chapter and like a really essential chapter of a book and I get what I needed like I go in there and it's like potty training here's the thing you need to know skip all mm-hmm. the other chapters great right like I got what I needed and I'm being smart and strategic and wise and sensitive to my time like I'm not doing a bad job like who decided that I had to read the entire thing in order to be a good person or a good mom or do a good job and so Yeah, when you come to this program, I really, really try to emphasize over and over again, like, come to as much fits your life right now. And if you, if that means you come to two calls, and that's it, and you get to connect and talk with people twice, and that fills your cup then you got what you needed. And if you right. need to write like 40 essays long form on our social media platform, just to get the stuff out of your brain and onto a page where other people can can validate and affirm, they're like, hey, I see you writing a lot. I didn't read all of the words, but I see you writing a lot, right? Like then you can't, like you got what you needed. And if you just right. want to listen to people on Voxer, like whatever it is, I think is... It's also, it's also subtly about giving you your agency back and not having somebody else dictate for you um, mm-hmm. the confines of a program. And this, I think, is a, 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 it's a subtle tension because as a program, des- like, we like it when people tell us what to do. I think that's a very important part of leadership. Hey, here are the guidelines, here are the boundaries, here are the container. But as a participant, it's also your responsibility to say, this is why I signed up, this is what I need. Am I getting what I need? rate or not because I've signed up for programs before where the sunk cost bias has come in and I'm like Mm -hmm. "Uh," but I said I would sign up and I paid six hundred dollars and I have to look at it and say no I signed up to talk to people and there's no chance to talk to people and this broke like this didn't work for me
1: yes and and it doesn't mean that I am bad or wrong or whatever that it didn't work for me I I also think too Sarah something that's really interesting is um like this, this idea of like, you can do something every day or of like linear energy, like get the most out of it or like capitalism, you know, it's like, if we're spending money, we need to like suck dry (laughs) every bit of something that we can get out of it.
0: Exploitation.
1: Right. And just like how fear-based that is. And I say all this, like, this is me, this is me in a nutshell. Like if I spend money on something, I'm going to download every single thing I can download and then like scan it, you know, like read it at, 20% 20% of attention, you know, versus just saying like hey, sink in, show up, be fully here for something and like that is the value. Yeah. Like that is such a like a radical idea that The most you can get out of something is not like the most time, the most words, the most whatever. It is like whatever it is that you need in that moment, which might be 20% of all that's offered. It's like the maturity that I have yet to meet around like an all you can eat buffet (laughs) where I'm like, this is a challenge, challenge accepted. (laughs) Okay. I, I got eat it. Until I am sick. I got it. Yes. Okay. The most expensive <laughs> thing on this is that, and I'm going to fill my plate with it. I feel fine about it, but like I'm getting the most out of it. And you know, there's all kinds of like, what, whatever that is for myself, but I think to design something like, what if there was something assigned before the all you can eat buffet, which is like, go slowly, enjoy yourself. Like everything is healthy and here just to love you. And just like, pick what feels right for you today. Like, I wonder if I could even receive that. Um, But I do think there's so much about offering so many things and telling people, like, the expectation is not for you to consume all of them, but for the portion that's right for you right now. Hmm. Carrie, I, like there's so much here. Clearly we have lots to say about this.
0: Um, like so much here. <laughs> I was like, what, are, I think I told you before we got in the mic, I was like, Oh, this will be a short episode. We just want to oh, say a couple of yeah. things about wise women's council. Um, I did have one more question for you. And, and, uh, I mean, no, I don't ever have just one more question for you, but I have one more thought about, um, just the coaching experience. Cause you work mm. with the small mm-hmm. groups and you, like, this is, again, one of the things that I think is so magical about the experience. And I always tell people if they're trying to decide between the community or the coaching, go for the coaching, go for the coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just trust me, believe me, go right. And uh, you have been a coach with us and you work with people in a small group. What, why is, what is it like? What's it, what, what do people say? I know you just finished your first
1: group. Yeah. And it's so funny because one of the pieces of feedback, um, that we got from someone was like, I wasn't sure. And I didn't really know what the point of coaching was. And like, it's worth it. Like after just one, it's worth it. Um, and this is not tooting my horn. This is the experience of like what small coaching can be again, within like a very thoughtful container. And so my group, and I'll just use this as an example right now, I've got three wonderful, incredible women. Um, And like the benefit of small group coaching, I think is one, you have the space where these eyes are on you, where everyone is deeply listening, um, asking questions, noting your body posture, noting something really wise you said in the middle of explaining something really hard and reflecting it back to you. Um, There's so much in that. But also for the people who are sitting there listening, given that we are all going through different, but similar life things, you know, we're all, most of us or everyone in my group is like, uh, currently a mother to a youngish child living through a pandemic. Um, and so when someone else is going through something, you might not even realize that that has been weighing on you or the way they describe what's happening for them heals something in yourself. Um, and so I know my group in our first meeting, we had someone really bravely offer up something um, vulnerable in the beginning. And it just created this incredible, like profound conversation and dialogue where each woman really contributed something really profound about their lives. And it was healing for all of them. This was their experience to like see, to have people hear them, acknowledge what they're going through. And then to also be like, God, so it's not just me. Like I'm not the only one. And the kind of space and freedom you have where like the intention of these groups is to share deeply. And so someone remarked that like they've had friends since childhood that they can't share this with because this person has you know, the expectation of them from childhood or this understanding already of who they are or what words are used to describe them, what, what traits they have. Whereas when you show up to an, like a new container, it's this blank slate for you to share and be exactly who you are right now. And to feel really safe that, um, you know, you, Sarah have already set this container around, like not sharing, um, people's information publicly, like, you know, and a lot of language around that. We set another container in our small group around like how everyone can feel safe and respected, and then people can just go so deep so quickly. Um, yeah, I think three is such
0: a magical number too because, really like, one of the coolest things about the internet and the digital age is. You can connect with people who are very similar or have like so many overlaps to you, but they are not in your local community and they are not like they don't know your family of origin, they don't live in the same geographic area. So there's this wonderful, beautiful anonymity also that you get where you can say, you know, I just got to tell you like a marriage stinks right now. And I don't like my job and my boss Mm -hmm. doesn't treat me kindly. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I like being a parent. And like (laughs) my three-year-old is a righteous A like, and, (laughs) um, and I'm so exhausted and I'm bored out of my mind and I don't know what I want to do next. Right. Where if you were to say any of those things to your your spouse like it might not work and you definitely Mm -hmm. can't say that to your boss because Mm -hmm. they're like they're just the alignment isn't there or you might try to tell a friend and you get those flippant answers like oh but you have such a good job or oh but you have such a good marriage and you're like great now i feel less seen yes and just to be able to show up and be like hi here it is like i'm taking off the corset in fact i'm taking off my pants here I right. am in my two piece bikini and I haven't shaved because I don't want to like, you know, yes. and watch out. My boobs are leaking, like whatever it is. You can just kind of let your tits ha- hang out if you need to. And, um, I don't know if that's the right metaphor. And I don't know if people in the group, no, but it is it that it's that the taking
1: your bra off at the end of the, you know, like that <laughs> yes, is, yes,
0: yes. it's yeah. like sneaking you it up
1: before you go. <laughs> exactly. Before the small coaching. Yes. Yes, it is. It is exactly that. The like, the worry I think so many of us have of like really being vulnerable and sharing and having that just be received poorly, whatever poorly looks like, flippantly, not feeling heard, have someone problem solving you, have whatever that is. Whereas when you can share in a space where you can expect and trust and know that there are three people all there, just like, waiting with bated breath to hold this for you and to like be in it with you. Like the stuff that you can share, the way you can feel after you've shared, it just is. Freedom. It is. freedom. Yes. It's liber. It is. It's so liberating. It's, it, it lightens you. Like, it's like you've shared it and it's truly like lightening the load, like get it off your shoulders and just let it exist in the world and not be something that you have to carry or someone has to carry for you. It's just that. Yes.
0: And I don't think, I think that like the, the buzzwords of patriarchy and um, masculinity and femininity, sometimes those don't make sense to me because they're such cl- not clinical, but like, what are, what's the word? They're just terms, you know? They, it's mm-hmm. like, what does that actually mean? But I think it can be hard to even understand the oppressiveness of the systems that we live in, in a male hierarchy world, in a world where like, I don't I don't think we know and I'm speaking for way too many people here, but how deeply isolating and lonely it is to be a woman in a male's, in a man's world, to be a mother, to be in a nuclear family or as a single mom and to be, I just like, I see so many people starving for conversation and for mm-hmm. good quality conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm reading the book, uh, white feminism right now by Coa Beck and there's like parts of it where she talks about how many different systems of um that's systems of oppression really but they're they're there to convince women to stay apart from each other even with the taboos mm-hmm. of like oh if you spend too much time together you're lesbians and mm-hmm. um how that's like a negative thing and a negative connotation and and the idea that there's a quote here driving home the idea that women spending too much time together without male oversight is perverse or somehow unnatural. And I just, it breaks my heart. Right. Because it's like, no, I like what I need is I, I can feel in my soul. And this is the world I want to live in as I approach 40 and beyond is like, I want to have the kids around, but I want to have so many more people than just my husband. Um, I want to have my, like, like, group, my gathering of so many people that I just deeply respect where I plunk my, maybe I'm going on a hippie commune, but that's fine. But like I plunk my, (sighs) um, you know, ass down on a wooden bench with my cellulite thighs and unshaven legs in a sauna. And my nipples are pointed downwards because that's just where they point. (laughs) because they have fed multiple human beings. Uh And I stink because I haven't put deodorant on because I don't care. Right. And because like, we're sitting in the sauna and we're going to the things that actually matter. And I'm like, Hey, let's go take a cold plunge. And we go take a a thing. And then we go back in and we cook dinner together. I swear I'm living on a hippie commune in
1: another life. But
0: also it doesn't actually sound that, that bad. It sounds
1: amazing. I know. I just, I I had so much, stuff, so much childhood stuff pop up when you said this stuff about like how girls spending time together unchaperoned is like unnatural or you'd be called gay. I mean, I think about how gross it was for all of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, the language we used around yeah. sexuality period. Um, but just this idea, like even the word intimacy and how we've used it, like intimates means bras, means sexy, means like women's body on display for men. And just like how much we've lost this idea that intimacy is just like honest, real, you know, cellulite filled communication, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, whatever it looks like.
0: Mm. Yeah. I just want to dig in the dirt with my friends. Like I want to run around outside in the backyard. I don't want to be seen on social media. Um, I don't want to have to think about what my face looks like. Like,
1: like I want that to be
0: the least interesting part of me.
1: Oh, Sarah, I'm getting that (laughs) t-shirt. This isn't like what you see is the least interesting part about me. Uh, And just this idea of wanting to like, I think about how we show up on social media, just so hungry for what you're saying. Like, I just want to connect. I just want to be myself. I just want to like, let the cellulite out and do whatever. And it ends up as these posts, which is like, don't worry, mama. Like if you're having a bad hair day, I see you. And it's like, that's not it. That's and the picture still... is perfect
0: hair. Right. Like, right. And, I'm
1: like, and that's, and this isn't the place. This is never going to be the place where we can go for this because the container isn't safe because random people are watching because we are under the and judgment. Commenting. and Yeah. Commenting. And it's really about advertising. You know, it's all of these things where, I'm like, this just can never, it will constantly leave us dissatisfied because it was never, it was not created to be this space. We've been yeah. sold that it was, and we feel bad or we're using it wrong because it doesn't feel like it is, but it just isn't. It's just never going to be this for us. So we just need to
0: close with um, <laughs> with, um, with the Hamilton song. I will never be satisfied. That's what, <laughs> cause you just said it will never be satisfied, And I was like, oh Yes. 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 Yes, um, one of the Skylar sisters. Skyler, Sky, uh,
1: Don't first, I can't. And yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna <end> there. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.
0: out to Carrie Fortin. You can find her work at CarrieFortin.com. She is a storyteller, a writer, and a parent of two little tiny humans that are just a little bit younger than my two tiny rambunctious human beings. We are recording this from in the middle of a pandemic in spring of 2021 music on this episode is from epidemic sound you can have it all and never gonna slow down are the names of the two songs played in this episode A huge shout out to our sponsors, Nanit and Splendid Spoon. You're amazing. We love you. And we want to send as many new parents as we can to you because we think what you have to offer, food and stress reduction in terms of watching your baby sleep, so important. So go to nanit.com or splendidspoon.com to find out more about them. And if you want to stay in touch with us startupparent.com is our website we have programs books and many more things for working parents although all parents work there is no not working when you are a parent go to startupparent.com slash newsletter to get on our newsletter and we will send you a new letter every single week that's it for today and we'll see you on the next episode